Greetings to all that are listening. I do greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Most High God. To all those that are listening and to all those that are tuning in, it is definitely a pleasure to be back again with you all. On this episode, I want to discuss spiritual blindness. Now, spiritual blindness, when we're thinking of spiritual blindness, we kind of have to break it down into two categories. We have the believer and the unbeliever. One may ask, how can a believer be spiritually blind? Just give me time to get to that. When we're thinking about the unbeliever, we obviously understand that the unbeliever is blinded to the things of God. They don't comprehend the kingdom of God. They don't understand the necessity to live holy and to strive to enter in through the narrow gate. So they're blinded to that spiritually because they don't understand what's going on spiritually. You know, like they're living carnally. They're living for the world. They're doing the lust of the flesh. That's what they're going after. They're seeking to fulfill what makes them happy in this life, and they're not striving to do the will of the Father in heaven. But back to how a believer can be spiritually blind, and I want you to listen to me very well, because a believer or one who professes faith in Christ Jesus, though they may believe in a different Jesus, one who simply professes that they believe in Jesus Christ, they can be spiritually blind. How can I say this? Because I used to be spiritually blind. Listen to me. A believer can be spiritually blind through a few things. They can be spiritually blind by uh, rejecting that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. They can reject that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and at the right hand of the Father in heaven. You'd be surprised how many reject this. I've seen this so many times where believers will go and say, Jesus Christ is not at the right hand of God, or people will say, Jesus Christ is not the Son of God right now in heaven, or he's God the Father, he's God the Son, he's an angel, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what they say but they're blinded to seeing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They're spiritually blinded, inevitably, to understanding and comprehending how Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Believers can also be spiritually blinded to the gifts of the Spirit. I've seen this so many times as well. Many are blind to prophecy. Some say, man, there's no such thing as prophets no more, like that's just a thing of the Bible. Some may say that, you know, the gift of tongues or the um, baptism of the Holy Spirit that only happened in the book of Acts, and that's not happening today. There are people who say, man, the gifts of healing, that's just a thing of the past. That's not today. You're spiritually blinded to that. You can't see it. There are scales on your eyes that the Lord Jesus Christ has to remove. You're blind. And that's just the truth. Because who are you to limit God to what he can and can't do today? Isn't it the same God yesterday, today, and forever? So who are we to say that God uh, he no longer imparts gifts on his children. You're spiritually blinded to that. We could also move into baptism. When it comes down to baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, you'd be surprised how many fight this. We baptize this way, you baptize that way, just keep it going. No, we have to get this thing right. Why? Because our soul depends on it. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. So many look at this thing and they just brush it off. Baptism is necessary. You can't enter into the kingdom of God without it. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So how can you go and say that baptism in the name of Jesus Christ is not necessary? It doesn't matter if you're even baptized at all. That's what I hear from so many. But the thing is, we can go back to our topic. They're spiritually blinded to it. I see this so many times and when it comes down to simply explaining 
just the fundamentals of being born again. And I'm not going to get too deep into that. But that's another thing, you see. And though there are many different avenues how believers are spiritually blind, I want to focus on Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and how many believers are blind to him today. Like the Apostle Paul was blind and scales had to come right off of his eyes. And I love to use myself as a prime example because so many people would try to tell me based on scripture, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But I was stuck in my ways and I was very prideful and I was very arrogant. Now that I have an understanding of who Jesus Christ is, because the scales were taken from my eyes, when I read the scriptures, it's just so clear to me now. There's no confusion. You know, like there's no type of bondage or spiritual bondage on my eyes to where I can't see the Son of God. I see Jesus Christ so clearly like I've never seen him before. When I first started coming into this understanding, I had to take time off. I had to take time off from doing the podcast, and this was back in 2019. I had to take time off, and what I do remember is getting into the scriptures more. And I'll never forget one time me and my brothers, well, not my brother, he's actually my in-law. We were in a oneness church, a strict oneness church one time. And this was during a time, man, like in November of 2019. Amen. I'll never forget, a minister came in from Mississippi. And just to remind you, I already had an understanding of this doctrine, of the doctrine of Christ, but I didn't want it. But I'll never forget, he's an elder from Mississippi. He came to the church and he stood on the podium and that dude said, Jesus Christ is not God, was never God, and will never be God. Some people, you know, they got angry and walked out. Some people uh, just gave an attitude like, man, that goes against everything that we've been taught. And I'll never forget because the guy who was reading for that brother, that's exactly what he told him. He said, this goes against everything that we've been taught. And the elder looked at him and here's what he told him. He said, get away from what you've been taught and get back to the scriptures. He said, Jesus Christ is the son of God. And we stayed in that church three to four hours listening to that elder go through scripture, line by line, precept upon precept, proving that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Even when I heard that, because so many brothers would reach out to me prior to me even being in that church and hearing that message being preached. People would reach out to me and say, man, Jesus Christ is the son of God, man. Like you're preaching the wrong gospel, man. You're preaching that God came and he became a man. You're preaching that uh, God took on a jacket of flesh and the jacket of flesh that he took on was his sonship. But I didn't want to listen to them. I continued to preach my lies. I continued to preach what I was taught and I was blind. Though I read my Bible, though I prayed, I didn't know who Jesus Christ was and is. I had no understanding. But when I took the time off and I began to seek the Lord God Almighty, he began to reveal his son in me. And that's why I want to focus on the son of God, because it doesn't matter if you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you can prophesy. It doesn't matter if you can speak in tongues. It doesn't matter if you have visions and dreams. It doesn't matter what your title is. If you're a pastor, a minister, it doesn't matter if you're a bishop. What matters is that you understand who Jesus Christ is according to scripture. Because the time is coming when every man will have to give an account. And if you have a different profession of who Jesus Christ is, other than what the scriptures say that Jesus Christ is, 
you're going to get paid. And I'm warning everybody that is listening to me today, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Men today are preaching a different Jesus because they don't love what the Bible says concerning Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Son of the Father. God was in Christ. God gave his son his Holy Spirit. God raised his son from the dead and set his son at his right hand. And his son is making intercession for us. His son is our mediator. His son is our advocate. His son is there to justify the ungodly. His son died for us sinners. But anyway, I don't want to get too much off track, but that's just a bit of my story of how God opened up my eyes to who his son is. Trust me, I come from a long way. And the thing about me is that it's not about pride. When I first started coming into the understanding of the Son of God, like when I started putting down what I've been taught, I hit up um, a man who I knew out in the UK. He knew me from like my social media days, man, like back when my social media was a really big platform. Now I try to stay low, but he knew me from those times. And he would try to tell me like, yo, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, man. Like, and the thing about me is that I never used to I never used to like to dodge biblical conversations. Not me. I don't care who you are. If, like, if you want to talk Bible, man, then let's talk some Bible. And when I started coming into the understanding, I texted him and said, man, I'm finally beginning to understand what you've been telling me this whole time. Why? Because it's not about pride for me. It's not about pride. It's not about trying to have all these mysteries. The Bible, God wants you to know who he is and who his son is. God doesn't want you to be confused. So because men and women, they don't want to come to grips with what the word of God is saying, and because they don't want to accept what the scriptures plainly say, they speak evil of those things that they don't understand. And because of that, many of us who advocate for the truth, we become their enemy because we tell them the truth. They don't realize that we're trying to uh, show them the light. We're trying to save them from darkness. We're trying to save them from the wrath that's coming upon those who don't know God and who don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, enough of me talking. Let's get into some scripture here. I want to get into the Hebrew scriptures. Let's go to Numbers chapter 22 and let's go to verse 19. And let's read about the prophet Balaam a bit. So, Scripture says, I'm starting at verse 19. Now, therefore, I pray you, tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. Now, verse 20, and God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, if the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. And Balaam rose up in the morning at verse 21 and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab at verse 22. And God's anger was kindled because he went and the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass and his two servants were with him. So before I move forward, let's try to set the context here. So God's anger was kindled um, against Balaam because Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass because remember God told Balaam at night saying, if the men come to call thee, rise up. But based on scripture, we don't see where the men called Balaam. So it seems like Balaam just rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went without anybody actually calling him to go. So at verse 22, it says that um, 
that the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against Balaam. So the angel of the Lord stood in the way of Balaam and um, Balaam was riding upon his donkey and his two servants were with him. So the two servants were with Balaam while he was riding upon the donkey and the angel of the Lord was in the midst. But as we continue to read, we'll see that Balaam did not see the angel of the Lord. So at verse 23, but the ass, Scripture says, and the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way. So the angel of the Lord was made visible unto the donkey and his sword drawn in his hand at verse 23. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field and Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. So before we move any further, the donkey was able to see the angel, but the prophet, the prophet Balaam that was riding on the donkey was not able to see it. He was not able to see the angel of the Lord in the midst, but the donkey was able to see it. And because the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, scripture says that he went into the field and he turned aside out. But Balaam smote it. Balaam didn't understand what he was doing. Balaam was very ignorant because he, uh, he didn't have knowledge that the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. So he smote the donkey because he didn't understand what the donkey was doing, but he didn't understand that the donkey was actually trying to save him from the angel of the Lord that was there as an adversary against him. So he smote the ass to turn her into the way at verse 24, but the angel of the Lord stood in a path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. At verse 25, and when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself onto the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall and he smote her again. At verse 26, and the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. At verse 27, and when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam and Balaam's anger was kindled and he smote the ass with his staff. At verse 28, and the Lord opened the mouth of the ass and she said unto Balaam, what have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? Hold on, before I move any forward, how wonderful is the most high? He opened up the mouth of a donkey and that donkey spoke to Balaam and said, what have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? The donkey saying, why have you uh, beat me these three times? Man? Why have you hit me these three times? And verse 29, and Balaam said unto the ass, because thou hast mocked me, I would there were a sword in mine hand for now would I kill thee. Balaam said, the donkey, you mocked me. And he said, if I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you because of what you did to me. But Remind you, Balaam was spiritually blinded. Balaam didn't understand what the donkey was trying to save him from. And that's how many people are today. Before I continue reading, I want you to understand how people today will disband you as a brother or as a sister. They'll kick you out of their congregations. They'll kick you to the curb when you try to give them the truth and love. When you try to show them, you know, Jesus Christ is the son of God. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You must receive the Holy Spirit evidence of speaking in other tongues. You must live a holy and set apart lifestyle to the Most High God. Oh no, they want to kill you. Not in a literal sense, but they'll have some sort of resentment or anger against you. Why? Because you tell them the truth. They don't realize that you're trying to save them basically from a dead end. You're trying to save them from going down to the pit. You're trying to show them the light. But because men love darkness rather than light and because men love what they've been taught and what they've been um, holding on to, because men love going on to YouTube and listening to those pastors that scratch their ears or tickle their ears. When you give them the truth, it's like they're blind to it. And I can just remember myself back when I would read the scriptures, man, I would read exactly what the word of God was saying but I didn't want to believe it. Even prior to me even coming into the understanding of even baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, man, I'd read it, but 
because of my pride, I'm like, man, you know, who cares? You don't have to be baptized. Even with the Holy Ghost, I'm like, man, everybody has the Holy Spirit. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Even when it came to being saved by uh, faith alone, by grace, I used to read, man, I used to read Romans and I used to read the Word of God. And I used to see where the scriptures would always say, man, you're saved by faith. You're saved by grace. And I'm like, I didn't like reading that. I wanted to know that I could work my way into the kingdom of God. I wanted to know that by my righteous works, by me not wearing jewelry, you know, like by me uh, being modest, like all that stuff, like that's what's getting me into the kingdom of God. I was trying to make the blood of Christ void by my good works. But nah, I belong to the Most High and he opened up my eyes through his son, Jesus Christ. Praise the Most High God. So let's keep on going at verse 30. And it says, And they asked unto Balaam, Not I thine ass, upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was dying unto this day. Was I ever want to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. So at verse 30, we see that the donkey said unto Balaam, Am I not yours, upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was dying unto this day? Come on. Some of us, we had brothers and sisters. We've been brothers since whenever, sisters since whenever. But because I'm trying to save you, because I'm trying to tell you in love what the scriptures are saying, and you don't realize how God could use simply the foolishness of preaching to try to open up um, somebody else's understanding. They'll neglect you and they'll kick you to the side. They'll call you any Christ. They'll say, man, you don't have the truth. You're blind. You have no revelation or wisdom. And they don't even realize that they're hurting themselves. And let's go to verse 31, because this is what needs to happen to everybody that is spiritually blind, doctrinally as well as spiritually. So at verse 31, it says, Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. So when Balaam finally saw the angel of the Lord, when he finally saw it, when his eyes were finally opened, look at how um, the numbers writer said it. He said that the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. That's what the Most High has to do to those that are blind to his son. I can't reveal the Son of God to you. I can't open up your eyes. Flesh and blood can't reveal this to you. I can't. But the Lord has to open up your eyes. Because when the Lord opens up your eyes, you're going to do exactly what Balaam did. Look, and when he saw the angel of the Lord at verse 31 standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand, he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. When the Son of God was revealed in my heart, even though I heard the teaching, 2019, 2018 there about I think I could be wrong about 2018 but I remember I heard the son of God teaching in person and I still didn't accept it then but when I finally came to grips and said you know what father whatever you want to reveal in my heart whatever you're trying to show me I surrender and I'll accept it I got on my face and I repented too for my lies and that's what men have to do today they have to repent for their lies for lying and deceiving God's people but they won't do that many of them won't only the elect of God will those who have ears to hear, they'll do it. But the men today, many of the men today, they're full of pride. Men can read the word of God and actually see what the word of God is saying. But because of their pride, trust me, many of them just won't um, repent. They won't turn from their lies. They won't give up their tradition. They want to have their big churches and run the aisles. They, they're content with paying their tithes and listening to their doctrines that came from men. But it's okay. And at verse 32, And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore has 
thou smitten thine ass these three times. Behold, I went out to withstand. Thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times. Unless ye had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. Verse 33. So the angel said, unless the donkey turned from me, surely now also I would have slain thee and saved the donkey. What if you get slain because of your uh, false beliefs? Because there's going to come a time where everybody that is abiding under a false belief, they're going to have to get paid for their false belief. And once the Most High opens your eyes to his son, you can't go back to where you uh, came from. So now that we read a bit about the prophet Balaam there, and actually let me finish verse 34. And it says, And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now therefore it displeased thee, I will get me back again. So Balaam didn't let pride consume him. He repented. But the sad part is that many men want to wait until the day of judgment to repent, then repenting now with the grace of God that God is giving them. And I'm not doing this to slander anybody. No, it's all love. Because I understand what's going on. I don't know everything. I don't. But the one thing about me is I know where God brought me from. When folks were more consumed with trying to be a prophet, like as soon as some folks got saved, they were so consumed with trying to be a prophet. They were so consumed with trying to build up their YouTube channels. What I was trying to do, man, I was spending time fasting, man, praying. I was spending time trying to understand doctrine. I was trying my best to uh, get to know who God is. And that's what many people are doing today. They're learning who Christ is. They're learning who the Most High God is. And they're reading the scriptures and they're coming into an understanding. You know, they may not understand it right there, but God will gradually open up their understanding as time continues to go by. But you have to have that heart. You have to have that heart that just desires to want the truth. You have to have a mindset saying, even if I, um, I'm going to be hated, even if... Uh, what I believe may be controversial. I want to be saved. I want to know that the love of Christ is abiding in my heart. I want to ensure that the way, the truth, and the life is in me. I want to ensure that the mind that was in Christ Jesus is inside of me. Christ was focused on pleasing his father. And that's what we must be focused on today, pleasing the most high God. We can't be focused on pleasing our leaders and our pastors and, and those today in the uh, church environment. We, we can't be focused on doing that because if we are servants of men, then we can't be servants of Christ. So we have to be focused on pleasing the one who has called us. He's the one that's sanctifying us. He's the one that's cleaning us. He's the one that's securing us and keeping us in his bosom, continuing to show us things. But if we're prideful and if we think that we know everything, how do you expect the most high to show you certain things? He can't. If you think that you're the most anointed person, that um, you're the most... Uh, spiritual person and you're full of pride to where nobody can speak to you, how do you expect to get the truth? Let me give you another example and let's jump over to the New Testament and let's look at our beloved brother Paul. And as I always say, people love quoting the Apostle Paul, even though many people don't believe in the doctrine that he stood for. Many profess Christians love quoting the Apostle Paul. They love it. But I want you to see the... Uh, um, the Apostle Paul's conversion here. So let's start. And we'll start at verse 1. So Acts chapter 9 and at verse 1, and it says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, 
went out unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? So before we go forward, let's get a bit of context here. Saul was a devout Israelite. He saw the people who are following the way, the people who are following King Jesus as blasphemers. Scripture even says that he was there when they stoned Stephen. Some may say Stephen or Stephen, but Saul was very zealous of the religion of the Jews. And the thing about Paul is that Paul was spiritually blind. Paul was blinded to God's son. He didn't see Jesus Christ. He didn't understand it. But when God separated him to reveal his son in him, we'll see how Paul's conversion brought forth much fruit. We'll see, or even on your free time, just go through the New Testament and see how today, how we're privileged to have these letters. We're so blessed to have the New Testament and people don't even realize. To be able to have, you know, the doctrinal scriptures teaching us how the churches should be, teaching us how to baptize, teaching us who Jesus Christ is, teaching us how to dress, teaching us you know, the fundamentals of following Christ and how to uh, just to equip ourselves as believers and soldiers in the army of Christ Jesus. So let's continue going. And at verse five, and he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, who thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the prick. So I just want to get in a quick context here because I'm fully aware that many men would say, Paul is an Israelite and he heard a voice and he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. So then they're like, oh, that makes Jesus the most high God. No, the Bible is not saying that. That's not what it's saying. Paul, if he knew that the one who was calling him was the most high, he wouldn't say, who are you, Lord? He would have said Lord or Yahweh, Yahweh, some say Yehovah, but he would have called God Lord. He wouldn't said, who art thou, Lord? If he knew who was calling him, it could have been the angel who was calling him. That's why he said, who are you? He looked up to heaven and he heard a voice and said, Who art thou, Lord? Let's keep on reading. And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And people might be like, Well, you see, Jesus Christ is the Most High Yah. He is Yahweh. I'm like, Okay, let's go to Acts 22, 16. Paul recorded saying, I am Jesus of Nazareth in Acts 22. It might not be verse 16, but it's definitely Acts chapter 22. He said, I am Jesus of Nazareth. The Most High God never came out from Nazareth. The Most High God was never born. Jesus of Nazareth was born. Jesus of Nazareth was begotten. The Most High God is not begotten. The Most High God begets, but he is not begotten of no man. The Most High God has no father. He has no mother. The Most High God doesn't have any diapers. The Most High God was never a baby. I was actually listening to a song and I actually heard, man, be careful with the music you listen to. Even if the music that you listen to compromises doctrinally, turn it off. Uh, uh, for some reason, I was listening to this song and she said, I want to be like Mary bearing God. I said, oh man, I have to turn this off now. I have to turn it off because it's a lie. God was never begotten. His son was begotten. When we use biblical language, we stay safe. But when we begin to get extra theological, we mess ourselves up and we end up lying on God. So let's continue reading. And at verse six, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee 
what thou must do at verse 7 and the men which journeyed with him stood speechless hearing a voice but seeing no man and Saul arose from the earth at verse 8 and when his eyes were opened he saw no man but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus and he was three days without sight and neither did eat nor drink and there was certain and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias and to him said the Lord in a vision Ananias and he said behold I am here Lord and the Lord said unto him arise and go into the street which is called straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus for behold he prayed and has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight and at verse 13 then Ananias answered Lord I've heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem hold on Ananias said, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Paul was performing what he knew best because he was blinded to the Son of God. He didn't understand the Son of God. So what Paul was doing, he was going out of the law saying, man, this dude is a blasphemer. Who is this dude uh, claiming to be the Son of God? But who is this man who's proclaiming to be the son of God? Who are these people following this man who claims to be God's son? These guys are insane. So let's continue going. And at verse 13 or at verse 15, but the Lord said unto him, go thy way for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will shew him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. At verse 17, and Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Now, and at verse 18, and immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. So at verse 18, we see that immediately scales fell from Saul's eyes. I believe that that's amazing because many times and there are certain things that we are still learning to do but some people are truly blind to the things of God believer and unbeliever there are certain things that we just don't understand and there are certain things that we just can't comprehend and even though we may not understand everything we have to ask God for understanding and if God is um, or if an individual is trying to tell you something don't be prideful and brush them off. Listen to what they have to say and pray about it and study the scriptures about it. Obviously, there are many prevalent false doctrines out there. But here's what I always say. Nobody. I personally don't believe that there's somebody on earth that has this thing 100% correct. People may be like, what? No, I don't believe there's anybody right now that has it 100% correct. And what's my proof? Going to New York City, man, drive down a street in the Bronx and look at how many churches there are. You have a Baptist church on one street, you have an apostolic church on another street, a Pentecostal church on another street. So much division. And they all claim to be praying to the same God, but yet so many different denominations come confusions. You have non-denominational, uh, you have all these different sects. Straight confusion. And that's why we have to be willing to learn. Because how can we get to the truth if we're all just being prideful? If somebody says, man, let's sit down and talk scripture, don't be prideful or shun them off or say, you know what? No, because I just don't like how it, um, you know, like how it may result, you know, or you may believe that you have things 100%. No, don't be like that. Be prepared to go sit down and talk because you don't know what God could reveal to you. Look, you don't know who God could use to show you certain things. You don't know who. Don't be prideful. Have a heart to learn. Be wise and understand that though, you know, we have to be very careful, you know, the certain 
uh, types of doctrines that we entertain, it's not about just being cut off in a corner and thinking that you know everything and being prideful, because that's not the truth. We have to be willing to sit down and understand certain things and learn new things, because that's how we grow in knowledge as the body of Christ. So let's keep on going. And at verse 19, and it says, When he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Father, that he is God the Son. No, brethren, it doesn't say that. It says in straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. And that's the same gospel that I'm preaching today, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Now, now that we went over Brother Paul and we went over the prophet Balaam, I want you to understand how this correlates, especially as we are moving forward into the last days. As we move forward, or as we go deeper into the last days, there will be many false doctrines. There will be many false prophets. And we've seen that, man, especially these past few months, many false prophets, many liars, many people who will not warn you about the storm that is coming. And because of this, it's like scales that are being formed on people's eyes to where they just can't see what's coming. They can't see that the church is about to go through some heavy tribulation. They don't see all that's going on around them. They don't see how the governments are becoming increasingly wicked, standing for things which they are not, like abortion and homosexuality. They don't see how people today are trusting in a science more than they're trusting in the Most High God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if we are spiritually blinded to these things, how can we stand in these last days? Where will our discernment be if we continue to walk blindly after these professed shepherds instead of actually studying the scriptures and spending time and uh, getting to know the Lord for ourselves? We will be deceived. But the thing about the Most High is that his elect won't be deceived. His saints won't be deceived. Those that are not his elect, they'll be deceived. But his elect that he called and foreordained before they were even born, he has a mission and a purpose and a calling for them in these last days. And as I get ready to wrap up, I encourage you, spend time in the word. And I know sometimes it may be hard. Spend more time in prayer and fasting and get to know the one who died for you. Get to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in the knowledge of the Son of God. Don't allow denomination and tradition to blind you from your Savior. Don't let denomination and tradition blind you from what's coming. And as I get ready to wrap up, I just want to say thank you to all that have listened I wanted to do this episode on spiritual blindness for a very long time now. And I just pray that the body of Christ continues to grow in knowledge and wisdom. I look forward to dropping more content. And I look forward to just dropping more things that will uh, edify the body and that will continue to stir conviction in the body of Christ. So thank you for listening and be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ.